Hulk Recorded live. Amen and thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. Again, um, I, I, I'm, I'm always saying that uh, many times when folks say that they want to get closer to God, I'm wondering if they really understand what it takes to be a person, human being, that walks close with God. I don't know if um, they say it out of a sense of wanting the, the, the great things that God can provide or if they are saying um, with full knowledge of all the challenges that the, per, the close person with God faces um, when, excuse me, when they have that kind of relationship. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But many times people say it, uh, I just want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to him. And I don't know of any person that w- has walked close with God and did not face many, I'm talking when you're really close, many challenges, and those challenges are those things that cause you to lean and depend on him even more. So, um, again, I'm, 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 it, it may sound a little uh, amusing. Um, many folks may just need to say, Lord, I'd like to stay exactly where we are. I just want to decide, I just want to keep this kind of relationship right here. This is fine with me. Why? Because what you find out is, um, you're asking for something like a person signing up for the military and not really understanding what it all entails to be a soldier, to be on the battlefield, to um, to to be in constant demand to be in the battlefield, especially if you're a marksman or uh, you're a great combat person. So they're going to want you on the field. So So, wow, thank you, God. I thank God for this journey. I thank God for his will being done in my life. Thank God for the understanding that he's given me to just lean and depend on him in every area. Let's let's pray. Father, we just bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. I believe our, our desire tonight is that you would have your way in the midst of our Bible study and that you would impart wisdom and knowledge, understanding, that you would open up our understanding, that we might draw closer to you, understanding what your will is for us individually, and then what your will is for us collectively as the body of Christ. We thank you, dear Lord. Now we ask that you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Um, Tonight I wanted to talk a little bit about um, slavery. Um, Slavery is something that God has used uh, in the Bible many times he has used slavery and allowed his people to be um, in slavery and that being a that being a tool that he uses and I often talk about God having you on the potter's wheel and he's molding and shaping you into who he would have you to be, and and again, uh, with the physical clay, you're cutting away pieces of the clay. Excuse me. You're cutting away pieces of the clay to shape it into the form that you want. Well, in the Christian life, you're, he's cutting out bad habits. He's cutting out character uh, and, and um, principles that are not in line with who God is in your life. So what God does is he uses the circumstances and the situations. And and, and, and the situation that I'm looking at tonight is this thing called slavery, um, slavery in the Bible. And, and, and what he says is, I'm going to let your enemy enslave you. I'm going to let the very thing that you hate, the very thing that you're fighting against, enslave you. Because 
you have, watch this, you have displayed some character that is not in line with who I am. It's not, you're not, you're not going in the direction that I'm pointing you. Paul said, I press towards the mark. I, God is, he's directing us towards a mark and that particular mark, we're not going in that direction. So what do we do? We wind up needing, hope you hear me, needing to be enslaved. So at the, the, the point where we get to in our enslavement, where we say, um, you know what, I've learned my lesson. And you begin to connect back with God and to commit to doing things, what, according to his will doing them according to what he's asked us to do, his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, his, his precepts. Okay, so I had to feel something real quick. Um, so, so we are looking, we are looking at, slavery tonight and what it teaches us and it does have it has its lessons now again i'm not i'm doing this the conclusion of black history month is today this is the last day of black history month um i would love for it to to have an overflow and and run into uh march as well and possibly take it out to march 3rd that would be great if we took uh black history month from february 1st to March 3rd, that'll be 29, 30, 31, 31, 31 days, um, and that will conclude this week. Um, so, so, and, and I don't know how that would work out each month, but where we would, again, I, I, I love the phrase where it talks about um, those who acknowledge, when you acknowledge your past, I'm telling you, it's a bountiful benefit to your present and your future. So what winds up happening is we don't look at, we don't acknowledge our past, and it, mount, it, it, it winds up making us complete, do some of the exact same things that got us there. And as you watch, if you study the children of Israel, you'll see over and over again that God blessed them. He, again, brought them back in the right relationship with them with him, bless them, and again, they forgot him. And again, they began to um, allow other gods to take the place of the true and living God. And then tried to, when it came to uh, honoring God with their sacrifice, it gets to the point where God says, you know what, I, I, I'm not pleased anymore with your sacrifice. I'm not happy with your sacrifice. D David said in Psalms number one, uh, 51 about um, the, the sacrifice of the Lord. Where's my Bible at? No, oh, it's over here. In Psalms 51, you'll see he got to the place where he says, um, a burnt offering and whole burnt offerings, is that Psalm 51? Okay, look down at, what did it say? Teach me, deliver thee from blood guiltiness. Thou God, of the God of my salvation, tongues of the O Lord, thou lips. Oh, because it goes over here. Okay, that's why I didn't see it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, oh Lord, I'm going to start at 15. It says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are the broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. So we get to the place where, again, we, we start to offer these sacrifices, but they're not pleasing to God. When we give our gifts, it's not pleasing to God because God has asked us to do some things, and we have not done them. 
So when we sacrifice, it's not pleasing to him. You bring a gift, and a person rejects it, knocks it out of your hand. You bring them flowers, they smack the flowers out of your hand, and they fall on the ground. The, the roses, the head of the rose falls off. Petals falling all over the place. Why? Because they smack the flowers out of your hand. I'm not, I'm not pleased with that. You say, well, hold on a second, I brought you these flowers. But again, it's what you do, and now you think that these flowers, I hope you hear me, now you think these flowers are going to make it up. No, you, you can't treat me any old kind of way and then bring me flowers. So when you treat God any old kind of way, God says, I've got a way of correcting you. And the people of God, I don't believe God allows any people to go into any kind of bondage, any kind of discipline from him that he allows, and they have not somehow dishonored him. That's, that's, that's my take on it. Slavery, watch this, slavery is any system in which principles of property law, property law, are applied to people. So the same way you would have things, a car, uh, a house, land, jewelry, where property law are applied to people, allowing individuals to own, buy, and sell other individuals. This is what was happening in Egypt. And again, we talked about it last night, Egypt being in Africa, Egypt being in that region where the Garden of Eden was, Egypt being the place where the plagues were given from God on the Egyptians. Now, when it comes to uh, them being treated, buying, selling, owning them as a de jure, that's D-E-J-U-R-E, a form of property. A slave is unable to withdraw unilaterally from such an agreement. So, and in, in, in when you look at it, the, the children of Israel being enslaved for 400, 430, 450, depending on, on, on what scholar you look at, um, there is some ranges of how long they, oftentimes you hear 400 years, but when you really look at it, it, it mounts up to about 450 years. So you can imagine how many people lived and died in, in, in their whole life, and their, their father before them and the father after them was in slavery, and they're crying out to God. And, and I'm telling folks all the time now, we need to, you know, our prayer, sometimes you're praying these specific prayers in areas where you're really not in, in depth enough of knowledge on what that individual needs or what these circumstances need, and our real prayer is, Lord, have mercy. Lord, we realize that we have done wrong. And I love those prayers in the Old Testament where uh, folks like Nehemiah, and he prays and he says, you know what, our ancestors messed up. And my father right before me messed up, and we have messed up. And we're setting a pattern for our children to mess up. But, Lord, please forgive us. Lord, please have mercy on us. So these slaves, this slave situation is the is a tool that God used to bring folks back around. And that's why I say we must study. Not only must we study our history here here in the, the 21st century, but we must study the ancient history because some of those lessons again will be repeated. No, it may not be something that in the the, the 15, 1600s, 17, 1800s, 1900s, something during those uh, eras that we we fail to to recognize. It may be something back in the day of God. When, back in the day of God, back in the day when folks, the, the children of Israel were in Egypt and there were lessons there. So again, thank God for man's law, but we've got to look at the things that God asked us to do. Watch this. While the slavery was institutionally recognized by most societies, it has not been outlawed. It has now, I'm sorry, it has now been outlawed in all recognized countries. The last being Manuritan, 
That's M-A-U. M-A-U-R-I-T-A-N-I-A. I'm going to do it one more time. M-A-U-R-I-T-A-N-I-A. Now, that was in 2007. That was the last place that, again, outlawed slavery. But watch this. Nevertheless, there are an estimated 45.8 million people subject to some form of modern slavery worldwide. 45.8 million people that are subject to some form of modern slavery worldwide. The most common form of slave trade is now commonly referred to as human trafficking. Now, when I look at slavery, biblically speaking, Christian-wise, and we've got to look at it, and I believe that it's so relevant right now because, again, being in black history, if you study black history, you'll see that those folks who got out of hand in the early uh, walk of the body of Christ, and I call the body of Christ in the Old Testament the children of Israel. So when they function, they functioned as one. We still do. Folks just don't acknowledge it. We are one. And, and what I do hurts you, and what you do hurts me. That's why when God deals with us, even in the New Testament, it's one, our Father, not my Father. When you pray, pray this way, my Father. No, it's our Father. It's really a collective body. However, you can, when we um, rate on the um, accumulative, it's like when the kids get a grade, grade point average, Excuse me. When they are doing the um, basketball basketball team and the football team, sometimes they will grade or they'll take the average of the the the, the team to to give that number as the overall team number. So if you got a few players on there, there's uh, their GPA GPA is um, low, and then you have some real high ones that kind of averages out to a good GPA. However, um, with, with the body of Christ, again, we are helping when we are obedient. We are helping when we are studying, when we are, again, exercising, not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word. And many folks, again, they get tangled up in being a hearer and a repeater of the word. You hear it and you can repeat it, but you just don't do it. All right? There are some things in the Bible that God says, I just don't like them. And as believers, one of these things, he says, obedience is better than sacrifice. So when we look in the Bible, you got to look at things, words like abomination, abomination, uh, A-B-O-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. This, this thing causes disgust and hatred. This is something that God says, I can't stand it. Don't do it. It's like a dog, and, and, and the whistle is way too loud, and you know, we can't even hear, but it hurts the dog ear. It's something that the dog, and you'll see him cringe or whatever, or it irritates him, something that irritates you. Well, this abomination is something that disgusts God. It's a disgrace. It's a horror, outrage, evil, crime. It's something that God does not like. And you'll see that there are scriptures that support that. It gets to the point where in some scripture it'll talk about, it not only is an abomination to, the, to God, but it loathe him. L-O-A-T-H-E. It loathe him. Now, and the reason I bring that up, because we've got to look at and study. Listen, I don't want to upset him. I don't want him upset with me. I don't want him to have to correct me. 
I don't want him, listen, to have to correct us as the body. Many times, again, he's going to use somebody that's close to you. You, you, you remember in the Bible where um, David sinned, but guess what? The child died. The child was sacrificed. So God used, again, the taking away of this sin. And, and again, whatever reason, it could be more in-depth than what I'm looking at here. But I know David wanted the child, and, and, and God said, you know what? No, you won't have it. Disobedience, slothfulness in walking with God causes, again, it's thank you, Holy Ghost, just like uh, what's my man's name, Jonah, and Jonah was on that ship, and what wound up happening? The people around him started having, they were starting to go through the storm. Why? Because God was angry and correcting, redirecting Jonah. Watch this. Loathe. This is intense dislike or disgust. It says she loathed him on sight. Oh, my God. She loathed, It was used in a sentence. So it says she loathed him on sight. This is the disobedience does to God when it comes to slavery. Why would God use slavery? Why would we be enslaved to something? And, and I'm going to tell you what happens with some folks. They'll take the correction, get used to it, and wind up still dishonoring God in the midst of the correction that God is doing to bring you around. And if you look at the children of Israel, it appeared, listen, they kept multiplying. Matter of fact, when they got out of Egypt and was in the wilderness, they started complaining about being in the wilderness and was wanting to go back to the slavery. So, yes, the slavery was there as a correction, but guess what? They, they said, guess what? There's worse things than this. I, let's go back. That's how we are. We've got to be careful. Because instead of us taking knowledge that this is not all that God has for me, what God has for me is for me. And if you think this is the, the basis of it and you know that you're not deep down inside, that you've got issues and that there are things that's not pleasing to God and that you believe that there is more for you in God, then there is a aim, there is a, uh, a drive that you've got to get for doing things right that's pleasing to God. This is, watch this, words like detestable, hate, detest, abhor, have a strong dislike, a strong aversion to, feel repugnance toward, not able to bear, and this is... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Why? Because this disobedience, this covering of sin that just happened to you, I can't look upon it. Okay? So what are we going to do? Let's look, as always, at some scripture. First one I want to take a peek at is Proverbs chapter 6. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, reading out of the Message Bible. It says, Proverbs chapter 6, reading out of the Message Bible in verses 16 to 19. Seven things God hates. And we've done this before. I believe it was in the the Pigs in the Parlor book. We may have looked at uh, this particular scripture. Here are six things God hates. And one more that he loathes, come on, somebody, that he loathes with a passion, eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that, watch this, hatches evil plots. A heart that hatches evil plots. This is something that he hates. He just can't stand it. Feet that race down a wicked track. 
a mouth that lies under oath. You hear all that going on? And he says, well, he was under oath when he said that. And he says, listen, it, it, man may be taking it lightly. Man says, you, you know, and, I, and it may not have been a, a, <laughs> on, on the evil folks' part when they took um, putting your hand on the Bible. They said, you know what, we got to stop doing that because we got folks that are, we understand when they took that oath and they lied, they feel, oh, my God. I cannot do that and and not, not believe in my heart that God is not going to hold me accountable. Let's stop doing Listen, this is what somebody said, and it's happening. Let's stop putting our hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. No, take that out. Let's just say I swear to tell the truth, and it, and, and then let me fall under the condemnation of man but not under the condemnation of God. So when they took that out, that may not be an unwise thing. It's unwise. I, please understand that I know that it's unwise. You don't want to get to the point where you're not acknowledging God. The point that I bring up is that when you say that, somebody's acknowledging, no, 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 I can't say that and not believe in my heart that God is not going to hold me accountable for what I put my hand on the Bible and swore to him. I can swear to man and renege, but I can't swear to God and renege. It says here in Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 16 through 19, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker in the family. Come on, what? Look at it. This is a new good news translation. There are seven things that the Lord hates and cannot tolerate. A proud look, a lying tongue, a hand that kills innocent people, a mind, watch this, the, the young man who just shot up the 17 innocent people, God says he can't stand that. I had a gentleman, I was talking to him the other day, and he was talking about, you know, how he did not believe in God, um, not believe in God, I'm sorry, he did not believe in Jesus. Um, and that in some of the things about Jesus, he had questions about. He's, he's just believing that there's no way that Jesus could be on this earth and not sin. It's just, he just couldn't fathom it. But one of the things that, uh, again, that was he was dealing with is when it comes to, again, hands that kill innocent blood. And he was saying, how come there is killing that is tolerated, or acceptable, and then there's killing that's not. And from the beginning of time, there was always organized killing. There was always killing under the law. So this is my encouragement to him. You've got to study. You've got to read. When the killing comes from God, when God sent folks into a land and said, listen, wipe them out, that was ordained by God. It was commanded by God. So there's things outside of what man can do that God can say do when he say go in and wipe them out. Matter of fact, he got upset at one point because, again, I told you to kill everybody and you're going to leave some folks alive because you chose that they were smarter, that they look good, that they would be beneficial. Kill all of them. Kill the people and kill all the animals. No, we're going to sacrifice this animal. This was a beautiful animal. We're going to sacrifice this unto you. Listen, it's not pleasing me for you to sacrifice that beautiful animal unto me when I told you to kill it. I don't like it. This is why I'm, I've, I've said it often that our ears must be tuned into the voice of God. You've got to be wanting to hear. I'm telling you, beyond everything else that you're doing, you have got to want to hear from God. That's got to be your desire. I, listen, I understand. He, you, you want to read the Bible. You want to understand the Bible. However, you've got to get to the point where your ear is tuned in. Because some of the things, listen, that you're going to encounter that is going to cause you to be, that you, for you to interact with God are things that are not written in the Bible. The other day, I had a powerful interaction with a gentleman that I would have never met if my ear wasn't tuned in when God says, listen, it's time for you to stop driving for a minute and take a break, go into this store. I thought I was going into the store with my finite mind with my limited uh, uh, scope of reading.
resources when it comes to why I was getting ready to do what I was getting ready to do. I'm limited. God knows that the gentleman that I wanted to, to, to go talk to, that I had in my mind, wasn't even going to be there. And when he was due to come in, I was going to already be gone. So the object of this lesson is that, again, you've got to tune your ear, not only just to study, but your heart has got to be connected to God. And when he says go, listen, don't do like we often do and start contemplating. I was like, well, you know what? I only really got two more trips to do, and I really got some other things that I want to do. And I don't even know if he's there. If I, Well, yeah, I, let me go connect with my brother. Let me go talk to him. Listen, it was not about him. It was about another gentleman that I was going to meet and that we were going to connect in a way that I never knew anything about. Follow me. Watch what it says. Uh, da, 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 da. So here, again, I'm reading from the Good News Translation, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 19. Uh, uh, a proud look, lying tongue, hands that kill innocent people, a mind that thinks up. You know up here in the Message Bible where it says, uh, what was it? Uh, a heart that hatches evil plots. Here it is in the Good News Translation. A mind that thinks up wicked plans. A lot of the, the things that you see that come to pass, even if they do make money, it's wicked. Even if it seems to be prosperous, it's wicked. <clears throat> Feet that hurry off to do evil. <clears throat> Excuse me. A witness who tells one lie after another. And someone who, watch this, stirs up trouble among friends. That was a good news translation. So I wanted to highlight those, and there's many more things that God doesn't like, and they're in the Bible. He says that you, he doesn't want you to do, but you've got to be to a point where you are studying to look at these things. Zechariah 8 and 17. Zechariah 8 and 17. Amplified version, watch this. And let none of you desire or even imagine evil in your heart against another. And do not love lying or half-truths. For all these things I hate, declare the Lord. Zechariah 8 and 17. So, again, when it comes to your heart, when it comes to you, when it comes to why do God put us in slavery, because there's a disobedience to the things that he has asked us to do, and there is a uh, imagination of things that we conjure up that's not in line with God's heart. That's why I say my, my, my desire for all is that we will be saturated in the will of God, that we will be saturated with God. You know better than I know. Please lead and guide me and direct me. Now, what we need to do, thank you, Holy Ghost, is to do things that are pleasing to God. But this is what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3. It, it said, the voice came from heaven, and it says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's Matthew 3 and 17. This is my beloved son. L listen, uh, we're waiting to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. How about hearing it now? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I ain't got to wait till I die. I don't have to wait to go to glory. To hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, because my journey is over. I fought the good fight. I, pre I pressed towards the mark, and I've achieved it, and now I'm waiting at, at the end. No, no, no. What about right now being pleasing in the sight of God? And he's got ways of, of, of comforting you. He's got ways of keeping you. He's got ways of patting you on the back to let you know, wow, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. What we're supposed to be doing, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For where formerly we were in darkness, but now we're in light. So we're supposed to walk as children of the light. 
There's supposed to be a characteristic. There's some disciplines that we put in place that we are children of the light. We were former in darkness. And again, when it comes to us either looking at slavery or looking at our past life, it may not be that we were in slavery at that point, but our past life, we were walking contrary to the will of God. Now, when we recognize that God has called us out of that darkness into his marvelous light, we're supposed to walk according to that light. So whether it's in the Old Testament, it says laws, precepts, and judgments, or the New Testament where it talks about walking in the light, there is an obedience. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There is an obedience that we have to do when it comes. There are some things that we have to do, some principles that we have to walk in when it comes to being the children of God. And I'm telling you, God is one that knows how to make it simple. He knows how to make it simple. This is this is our desire. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter five, Second Corinthians chapter five. Look at verse number number nine. It says, "Therefore we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him." That's again our goal. Constantly, God, I'm trying to please you. I'm not trying to listen. I'm not trying to make be an abomination unto you. I'm not trying to make you sick to your stomach. I'm not trying, listen, I'm not trying to be contrary to what you're, I'm not trying to make, when I bring my sacrifice to you, I want it to be pleasing to you. I brought up Psalms 51, 16 and 17, Psalms um, 51, 16 and 17, the, the sacrifice that we're bringing. Now, again, the sacrifice then, the burnt offerings and the whole burnt offerings, our sacrifice now is this praising that we're doing on Sunday morning. Again, you don't want to bring God a sacrifice where he's saying, the sacrifice that you're bringing is making me sick to my stomach. And what is supposed to be happening is when you look at verse number 17, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. He says, verse number 16 says, do not, you don't delight in the sacrifice, else would I give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. Now, you, as a believer, when you study the Bible, you realize we went through that whole season of sacrificing animals, and then we came into the New Testament where Christ literally sacrificed his body and gave himself as a sacrifice, and now we're redeemed by his blood. The Bible says in verse number 17 in Psalms 51, my only sacrifice acceptable to God, I'm reading from the Amplified, acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Watch this. Broken with sorrow for sin. Because the questions start coming, what do you mean a broken broken spirit, broken contrite? Bro- contrite means crushed. There's not a day that we don't go by going, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, no, 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 I'm not talking about casually. I'm not talking about when it says um, Mike Mike and Kevin got in a fight, and you say, now say sorry, sorry. No feeling, no thought, no contemplation. Mike, tell him you're sorry, sorry. No, no, you didn't mean it. But daily, we're, we're offering up sacrifices. Why? Because there's something done yesterday that wasn't pleasing to him. And it's good when you can take a moment and really think about what you're saying, Lord, forgive me. When I say that Lord's Prayer, um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, I'm sorry. And then some of the times I never sinned against a person. Yesterday I didn't sin against a person. That could be my testimony. Not one person on earth I sinned against, but I sinned against God. There were some thoughts that came through my mind. I contemplated them too long. There are some thoughts that didn't come to my mind. I literally sat there and thought them up. And as we read earlier, again, God is not only concerned about the things that come out of your mouth. He's not only concerned about the things you do with your hands and the places you go and the things that you look at, but he's even concerned, listen, about the thoughts that's in your head. And that's why there's got to be a cleansing. Listen, you can scrub the outside, use uh, your your soap on the outside, your shampoo on your hair, your uh, toothpaste on your teeth, Q-tips in your ear. 
but what do you do for your heart? And how do you keep it clean? It's not the things that go into the man's mouth that defile him. It's the things that come out of his heart, the things that are contemplated in his mind, the seed that is uh, that is kept captive. I was talking to a young man. He was talking about he had this bad, he had a dream. And he was saying he dreamed that uh, his girlfriend cheated. And I said, well, you, you got to be careful what you have in your mind prior to you going to bed. He said, well, no, I didn't think about that before I went to bed. I said, well, you know what? You got you to gotta be concerned anyway about any seed of thought that is cast into your mind. Throughout the day, it comes into your mind, and guess what? You just let it kind of pass by, but you really didn't deal with it. You didn't say anything about it within yourself. And, and, and what we do is, again, we want the blessings of God, but we've got to be in line with the Spirit of God, and we've got to be in line with the Word of God. Since I ain't want these sacrifices, I want that broken heart that's sorrow, sorrowful about sin, thoroughly patient. Such, O oh God, you will not despise. When you come to him and you realize how broken you are, when you realize everything that you've gone through, the decisions that you've made, no, 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 not that somebody tricked you into, the decisions that you have made that caused you to fall into the traps that you fell into because of these decisions. And what winds up happening, many believers think that I can continue to do this and be all right with God. See, uh, uh, again, when God says that if he lays a blessing on you, I'm, and I, I hope you hear me loud and clear, and he says you're getting ready to be blessed tremendously for the next three years, once he pronounces that blessing, guess what? He can't go back on it. However, in the midst of you being blessed for the next three years, your business is going to grow. When you start walking contrary, believing that you can continue to walk contrary, that's continue to walk in sin, and still be blessed. Listen, Romans 6 and 1 and 2 is going to start coming in full effect in your life. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That's Romans 6, 1 and 2. God forbid. How shall we that are dead, watch this, I pray to God, we're dead to sin, live any longer therein? How can we live in it? How can we be happy in it? We should not. There is a pleasing to God that we desire. And, and, and I'm telling you, in the 21st century, what has to happen is that your ears got to be tuned because many times it's not going to be something that you read. It's going to be something that you hear in your spirit. It's something that God is going to tell you that you need to listen to. It's something that you need to perk your ear. When I say your ears, your heart, your spirit man needs to hear it loud and clear. When you walk in the flesh, Romans 8 and 8, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. you got to be in the spirit. That was Romans 8 and 8. You're walking in the flesh. You're looking at things from the natural. And as long as you stay in the natural, you're not getting the spiritual. Your heart has got to be in tune. God, watch me. you got to slow down, turn off the TV, turn off the radio, and meditate. Focus, God, I need you. Listen, many times my goal is an hour, at least an hour a day, at least an hour. If it's not a consecutive hour, I'm doing 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. But at least an hour where I'm really focusing. Some And many times I, I, I love to, you know, I can do it while I'm driving at times. If, you know, I've got a long way to go, my turn is nine miles down the road. And I'm just sitting there kind of focused, meditating, still being observant, but kind of focusing in on God and, and thanking God. I'm, and I thank God and hallelujah to God a lot throughout the day. God, you've been so good to me. I, my car, could I could get in the car and start driving, and the car is running smooth, and I'm just, thank you, God. God, you've been so good to us. 
not only for me, I'm talking about cars all up and down the road. Cars looking good, people uh, looking good, smelling good, uh, driving good. We all just driving down the road. God, just thank you. Hallelujah. If you could imagine if, um, like, we, you see the animations on TV and, and little bubbles pop up above the car, wouldn't it be powerful if you could see those bubbles and you just got thousands of people riding down the road and everybody just, hallelujah, God, you're good to us. God, you're awesome. God, thank you for what you're doing. God, thank you for being an awesome provider. Thank you, God, for keeping the sun far enough away where it got, got a little warm, but it didn't burn us up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It was a beautiful day today, the weather. Thank you, God. Thank you for just keeping listening to my body. There's some things going wrong, but, God, you've just been keeping us, not just my body, but when I think about it, immediately I go to the body of Christ. God, we, we just bless your name. You're awesome, God. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude with this. It says here, Psalms 149, 149, and verse number 4. It says, For the Lord take pleasure in his people. He will beautify the afflicted, the afflicted ones, with what? Salvation. He takes pleasure in his people. I know you've seen it. I've seen people take pleasure in their car. Man, that car looks good. I've seen a car today. This guy had to spend a lot of money on that paint job because as we drove past it, the car turned colors. Turned from one color to another. When you drive this way, it turns another color. When the sun is up, it turns beautiful. I'm talking beautiful, shiny. Takes pleasure in his car. You ever seen people take pleasure in their clothes? Stuff fitting really nice and it's clean, pressed, color coordinated. They take pleasure in their clothes. See, people take pleasure in their garden. They're out there all the time picking weeds out of it. Uh, uh, if, if the vine is supposed to be a running vine, they're setting up stakes in there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. They take pleasure in their garden, spraying and, and watering. Daily, I've seen people take pleasure in their dog. Every time you turn around, they're out there with that dog, walking the dog, feeding the dog. They take pleasure. God takes pleasure in his people. You can imagine how it breaks the heart of God when he desires to give them the land flowing with milk and honey. He uh, 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 this is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life, thank you, Holy Ghost, and that you might have it more abundantly. you got to understand the true pleasure of God, and when he takes pleasure in you, he desires to give you that, that stuff, that those bountiful blessings that you desire, he desires to give it to you, especially those. He wants to give it to those who can handle it. Some things that we got our eye on, you can't handle it. He ain't going to never give it to you as long as you stay in right relationship with him. You can get it. Help me, God. You can get it and then lose it because you can't handle it. You can get it and lose it because you can't handle it. And that's why I say it's better to get locked in, get focused on God. So God doesn't have to use something like slavery. Some folks are enslaved right now to stuff, things, people. Enslaved because they need to be corrected. Thank you, Holy Ghost. See, I got to say it because he brought it to my mind, beginning of Bible study, as an example. It slipped, and, and I kept it moving, and he just brought it back again. You got to understand, when somebody's in prison and they get put in solitary confinement, you don't get put in solitary confinement for one hour. You don't get solitary confinement for one day. When they're really trying to impact you, and I'm talking when you've done something significant, you may get one day if you did something petty. But if you did something significant, one of these abominations, that's why when I bring it up, I'm talking about something serious, something that God says, I can't stand that. When you go into solitary confinement, you're going to go in there for a while. I want you to think about this. Whatever you did, 
You're already in prison. Now, from in prison, they're going to put you in the box. Solitary confinement. We're going to put you, nobody else around. You ain't seeing nobody. You're not getting out co-mingling with anybody in the rec hall. We want you to think about what you've done. And sometimes we feel isolated. Sometimes you feel like, again, you're contemplating, why am I here? And, and, and again, like I said, once God pronounces that you're blessed for the next three years, and, and again, once he says that you're going into slavery and you won't come out, and if you read the Bible, you'll see God, he's not destroying, uh, you're going to go into slavery for some period of time. He'll say for the next 400 years, your, your people will be in slavery for the next 400 years. Wow. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we bless your name. You've been so good to us. Thank you, O oh God, for every lesson. I pray that we continue to learn when you teach us that our hearts are in line with your spirit, that we might hear what you're saying. Pray right now in the name of Jesus that you forgive us for our sins. As different things pass through our minds, we pray, oh God, that you will wash us. Areas that we've walked contrary to what you've asked us to do in your word and in our hearts. We ask, oh God, that you will forgive us. Keep us, oh God, from the evil one. That we might again be pleasing in your sight. Let that will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints of God. Thank you so much again for participating in the Bible study. I pray that you got something out of it, and I pray that you again stay connected with God. God willing, I'll talk to you again. It'll be in March, uh, March the 7th. Good night.